Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're uh, talking about an event that gets uh, kicked off and uh, happening this weekend. Uh, The National Comedy Center in Jamestown. If you haven't been, pretty cool uh, time. They're presenting Carson Tonight, Johnny's Comedy and Variety Acts Live on stage. Comedy and Variety tribute to Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. It's happening tomorrow at the uh, Reglana Center for the Arts in Jamestown, right by the National Comedy Center. It marks the official opening of a new exhibit, Johnny Carson, the immersive experiment, uh, experience, experiment. That's, I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> Hendrix, not Carson. Uh, well, here with us is uh, Pat Hazel, who is going to be hosting that event tomorrow night. Hey, Pat, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you, guys. I like I like waking up to that Tonight Show music. You know? So I know it didn't y- mean much to the 32-year-old I just heard, but you would have been two years old and still would have been on the air, it- right? So maybe in your crib you heard it. Uh, m- maybe, maybe I did, but I, I, you know, I'm wondering where that legacy is as we stand right now. You know, Johnny Carson, so beloved, and, and whenever I hear people talk about him, Pat, it's like in the same way that people talk about like Walter Cronkite or a past president, right? Like he had that kind of stature, and how, how does that carry over? Well, I think that's what the National Comedy Center is doing with this exhibit, which is an extraordinary. Uh, introduction to people who didn't understand, who didn't go to bed each night after the news with this comfort food of Johnny having a funny monologue, having these great guests, having this big band sound. You know, they it was the gold standard for late night talk show hosts, right? Everybody from Letterman on that you see is essentially wanting to be Johnny Carson. And he was amazing. Uh, like he was a witty guy, he was a great interview, but he launched careers. Because if you were seen on there when there was only three television channels, right, that you got that borrowed equity of as seen on TV or as seen on The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson approved. That meant clubs and corporate dates and Vegas and sitcoms and all of those things were well before there was all this cable real estate to watch. And, you know, there was nobody looking at their phone. They were dialing in at night at a specific time for entertainment. And Johnny was really... Uh, the top of that mountain. And, uh, you know, everybody that I invited to do this show Saturday night, the live performers, uh, master magician Lance Burton, ventriloquist Jay Johnson from Soap, uh, the jugglers, the passing zone that were on America's Got Talent, every one of them credits Johnny for launching their career with a, a couple of appearances. Uh, the, the wild animal park woman, uh, Joan Embry, 
did the show 70 or 80 times with different animals that Johnny would just have a heyday with, right? A marmoset on his head or elephant sticking his trunk between his legs or whatever, right? He would just go with the flow. And that's, that's pretty hard to, to try to keep an interview going and having a wild animal, you know, climbing on your back or something of that nature. So, you know, he was a, a convivial host, but he was also a match, a, a, a craftsman of amplifying the voices of normal people. I was on one time and the woman before me on the show dressed up chickens in some outfits, and you know, incredibly dumb thing. And yet he he lifted her up like he made her a star for the night. And, you know, he'd do it with spelling bee champs, and he'd do it with any kind of crazy things. You see some of those uh, early Drew Barrymore as a kid interviewed by Johnny. And, you know, he just really knew how to tee a guest up. And I think everybody that followed tried to have the toolkit that Johnny did, but he really just, I don't know, for some reason, he put everything he did into that moment on the show. He was fairly uh, reclusive and shy guy, lived in Malibu and played tennis and drums and things from his house, but he would save all up and every night he would just give it, give it all to the audience. So I, what, what you will experience if you, it's a pretty short jaunt, uh, I think from Buffalo, it's less, less than 90 minutes, right? You know, the immersive experience they're creating there, they've got a hologram host of Jimmy Fallon talking about how powerful uh, Johnny was. They've got clips, highlight reels, and, and there's some good solid laughs in, in those short movies they have. And then the people who are older are going to recognize the costumes from the sketches and the rainbow curtain that is, you know, was so iconic to Johnny. And, and you talk, sorry, ahead. sorry, Pat, you, you talk about the, uh, the careers he launched and I mean, he played a big role in stand up comedy. There, there was always a thing you wanted to get uh, Johnny's approval uh, for up and coming uh, stand up acts. Yeah. You name seriously. When I was a kid, I was watching Jerry Seinfeld on there. I was watching, uh, you know, Gary Shandling, Joan Rivers. These people were literally being anointed by this guy. That That is why NBC was even paying attention to Jerry by the time he had a sitcom, right? So there's there's definitely an evolution in most of those careers. And then the ones that were around, the people who, like if you look at Buddy Hackett or Don Rickles or something, you you go on YouTube. It is hilarious to watch those them make Johnny laugh. When Johnny really laughed and he would bust out and fall off the chair laughing, it was usually at one of his buddies kind of rat packy doing something that was, you know, outrageous. And that, you know, the, the Tonight Show one time was 90 minutes long and they were smoking and drinking on the show. You know, it was like being able to witness a cocktail party with grownups, you know, um, and they kind of just cut loose. Well, that's... But, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. You, you know, Pat, I'm wondering what you think about the evolution of the show. So, you know, Johnny Carson ends, and you can't smoke on TV anymore, right? And then, yeah. um, you know, you go on, and Letterman was uh, behind Johnny for a while, started his own show. Um, when I was growing up, uh, you had Leno. I watched uh, Jay Leno, and then I loved Conan uh, after yeah. Leno. And then now you have, I, I mean— just a complete. I, I gotta say, I, I don't really watch late night TV anymore. I, I just it does not appeal to me at all. Maybe it's the other options that are out there. Maybe it's just I don't know. It seems to resemble cable news more than it does the stuff I watched growing up. Right. Well, one of the things is when you were growing up, and, and I don't know exactly when the turn was, but 
you know, with with YouTube, if somebody's on the Tonight Show and you don't want to stay up, you watch it tomorrow morning. You just put, type their name in, and there it is. And you don't have to watch the other fat around it. You know, it's kind of like uh, buying a single instead of buying an album. There was a time to get a song, you had to buy the whole record. You know, this is before you could go on iTunes and just handpick your programming, right? So the, the late night in the, in the Johnny and even the Letterman era was something where college kids to other people like this is our time late night is our time to to you know carouse and have fun or whatever i think now every station has a late night show everyone has their own personality and you can kind of dial into who they are jimmy fallon is a host of house parties and you know karaoke and fun you know like each of them has a thing they do right colbert does the thing but it all points back to johnny because all of those people watched him growing up they all wanted to be in that seat. And, you know, some of them are better than others at different things. But, you know, the, the format, it's like you don't have to watch the late show. You certainly don't have to watch the late, late show, right? It used to be, I don't know if you ever heard of Tom Snyder, but this crazy guy was out in the middle of the night when I was a kid, you know, and, and he'd take whatever airtime he could get. Um, so anyway, you know, literally you were waiting for the news to get over so that you could be entertained. And that's where Johnny sat. You know, his monologue was always a breath of fresh air. He didn't get political. He didn't get, you know, he did. He, he kind of just played it down the middle. He was objective about, you know, making fun of everybody. Pat, to, to, to Brian's point, you know, how, how do you think we evolved to what late night is now? Like you said, people couldn't wait for the news to be over to watch Johnny. Now, um, you know, Colbert is an extension of the news. Uh, Stephen, Colbert yeah. could, Stephen Colbert could not have done a night show in 1993. Uh, how do you think we right. evolved to the content that we see on late night today compared to Johnny Carson or even uh, David Letterman? Yeah, I think part of it is the um, amount we needed to consume, right? We start filling these channels. And, and there was a moment, you know, when I think when Fox entered that game, and that would include uh, Joan Rivers and Arsenio, right? That was the beginning of spreading wide, you know? So suddenly they were tapping into Je Chevy Chase and Paula Poundstone, and then Greg Kinnear had Talk Soup. And, like, everybody was, you know, trying to build a personality brand out of out of that sense of what late night had, right? And and other things disappeared. Like when I was a kid, Saturday morning television was a thing, right? And you, you, you there was a big block of that. But now there's cartoon channels and there's 24-hour news in there. So it's kind of like, you know, a buffet gone wrong, you know, <laughs> where you can't eat that much stuff. You can't consume that much news. And And we did over the last several years see that happen where, People would watch the same channel all day and the same recycle with a new head telling you the story, right? Um, I, I mean, I think that's why I would encourage you guys and anybody around you there that wants to get a taste of it. That, you know you know what they do over at the National Comedy Center. It's high-tech, super you know, archival, fun, interactive stuff. And now they're giving that treatment to a person like Johnny who not only – has the material, but he has it in a form that we're, we like it. It's visual, right? It's a video. They're projecting on multi-screens in this uh, theater section that they have. And it's not like a museum where it's paper behind glass, you know? So um, it, it's pretty fun. I mean, I went in, I haven't really, my full 
experience is going to be Saturday in the daytime uh, when there's a ribbon cutting and stuff. But I went in for a photo shoot yesterday and I was able to sit in there and watch, you know, just great highlight things of interactive uh, guest stuff. And it's just, I, I guess I'm a slightly different era than you, but, but man, that was to be a comedian and get on Johnny's show and to get the okay symbol from him. That's like an Olympic medalist, you know, like you get to go to the Olympics. It's only every so often you could go. If you get there in your fourth place, nobody remembers you. You get no endorsement deal, right? You needed to get a medal. And that was uh, the equivalent for a comic was Johnny tapping you on the shoulder or inviting you back on the show. And I, you know, comedians like Stephen Wright uh, and other folks, you know, that guy came out and did seven or eight minutes and leveled Johnny and, a month later he was on and then six months later he was on and next year he was on, you know, he kept people relevant and in front of the camera and he was very generous about it. When he liked something, he really, really liked it, you know? Yeah. Um, hey, Pat, uh, I, it was really fun and it was fun watching him do uh, even crazy sketches like Karnak, the magnificent and, you know, these various things because they were, they just kind of work a, a different side and I think now the late night hosts, in many cases, they have one thing, as you said, they're political or they're karaoke carpool or they're something they they kind of have their hook and, you know, they, they're not as well versed across the board. Pat, I'm wondering uh, before we let you go here, is there someone in the comedy world right now, uh, if you had to pick somebody and it doesn't have to be one of the late night hosts, but is there somebody that you watch that? is most like Johnny Carson or is, uh, would you say like, this is the modern day equivalent? That's interesting. I mean, there've been times where I thought, you know, I'd see, I'd see like bursts of things from somebody like a John Mulaney or I'd see somebody where I go, okay, that's kind of a classic button down guy, but he's got a, you know, a sense of humor that's kind of witty or whatever. But I, 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 I don't think anybody really has the skill set that Johnny had. Um, but there are people that I see that surprise me that come along. Uh, Nate Bargatze's a young guy out of Tennessee that is an offbeat, very folksy storyteller. And when he gets you going down, a, I don't know if you've ever seen this guy who tells a story about a dead horse or whatever. And it, it's like it sneaks up on you and then it makes you laugh. And then you're like, I think this really happened to this dude, you know. Um, I like those kinds of things more than sort of old school Catskill one-liner comics. I like a little dose of reality in my comedy. But but what I'm excited about uh, Saturday night and is that these live acts are the best in their genre. So we've got a couple of stand-up comics, uh, Kathy Ladman and Don Reed, and we've got, um, you know, all of these best magician, best juggler, best ventriloquist, you know, doing uh, and really just saluting the fact that Johnny gave them a booster rocket behind their career that really lasted their entire life. And it's, it, you know, it's kind of like coming to a cast and crew party where we're going to hear the inside stories of what it was like. So, you know, that's why we all came and, and it's triple bonus that we get to experience the museum and see all the other archives. They've, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing that Jamestown is holding the Lucille Ball archives, the Smothers Brothers archives, Carl Reiner's archive, all of George Carlin's written material is in there. You know, it's it's the Cooperstown of comedy or the, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of comedy. 
and it's you know it's spitting distance for people out of Buffalo. Yeah, so. it, it's it, it's it's a great resource. It's right down there. I urge everyone uh, to go and check it out. Pat, before we let you go, the question I'm sure you get all the time, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask it. You wrote on the best show that ever aired on television, Seinfeld. What made Seinfeld one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, and do you think it can ever be repeated? Uh, that's Good question. I don't think it can be repeated in the way it came together, but I guess I would identify it as being of its time. Prior to Seinfeld, almost everything was about some family, right? The core of, uh, you know, um, the Cosby show or the, you know, all of those shows had parents and kids. And this was, when I say of its time, our friends became our family. We lived in places where we began to commune together and hang out together. And, you know, we were away from our parents. And I think that sort of launched all of the things that the friends and things that followed it all began to get rid of the parents, you know, and even the Ellen show, they became kind of community ensembles, but the casting was great. The writing was great. You know, there was just so much, but it was, it was an unlikely hero in that it wouldn't, when we started, we did not get a primetime sitcom. We got money for four, variety specials or something that they took out of uh you know i don't know what they would call it at that time like like circus of the stars money or something and they got jerry got to make four specials and then they didn't know when they were going to go on they would randomly air and then the golf war would come and they'd move it to another another night and so it it really it was not an heir apparent to to anything great in the very beginning of it but it found its audience and it stayed consistent with its voice and because of Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld's, you know, persistence to do it a certain way, it really it's amazing now that it's on Netflix and you can see any episode anytime you want. And I, I think it'd be hard to unseat for being of that era. But something will come along and always does. And, you know, we will we'll, we'll insatiably take it in and then, you know, we'll move on. But, I mean, I think that's somebody, whoever invents the new thing is going to tap into something that is more relevant to us, I guess. Yeah. Hey, well, Pat, appreciate the time, and uh, you can take the credit. Uh, Larry David, Jersey, they're not listening to us. That's so, right. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I wrote I wrote it all. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> no, uh, you know what? I, I had a great time. I wrote in the sidecar of their success, and I did a – like I was the studio audience warm-up, so I was the person out facing the audience answering the dumbest questions ever asked. Like, <laughs> we would be there and somebody would say, is this a repeat? I go, why would we shoot it a second time? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know? oh, it's, yeah, no one knows how it works. Hey, Pat, well, thank you, and good luck this weekend. I uh, hope there's a great crowd for you. He's uh, hosting Carson tonight, Johnny's Comedy, Variety Acts Live, happens tomorrow out in Jamestown, and uh, it's all part of the ribbon cutting for the Johnny Carson exhibit at the National Comedy Center. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 